0: Hi guys, this is the Sports Bar Podcast with me, Kobe, And as I said before, I'm so excited for this episode. This is our very first episode, so I'm super excited for it. As I said in the trailer, this podcast is just about football. A couple of my friends are going to be on the show every week. We're going to talk football in a laid-back environment, chilled environment. There's going to be lots of laughs, so much entertainment and music. We're going to put music in it once in a while and everything so um today is our first very first episode i hope you enjoyed and today what we have is so we have so much to talk about from the transfer window the transfer window that ended just monday it ended on tuesday sorry tuesday and then um, so much happened in this transfer window from leonard Messi to cristiano ronaldo so many ins and outs, we're going to delve into that, we're going to talk about all of that, we're going to talk about the Premier League, how the Premier League is shaping up after three match days. It's been intriguing, it's been exciting. We're going to make our predictions and see who is who we think is going to win it, who we think is going to get relegated and everything. So I'm so excited. So let's jump right in. Um, Today on the show, I have George Archer. Hello, George. What's up? What's happening? Yeah. And there's um, Briggs also on the show. Briggs, what's up? Hello. Yeah. yeah. So let me start with you, George. Um, I just wanted to sum up the transfer window for me. What do you think? How did you see the transfer window? Because a lot of people were saying, oh, the class don't have money, so nobody's going to spend. It's going to be so much. Nobody's going to spend so much. It's going to be, um, we are going to have a reduced spending. And then all of a sudden, Jaguilish goes to, Man City for 100 million, boom. Romelu Lukaku goes to Chelsea for 97 million, boom. And all these crazy, crazy transfers that happen with Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo. Can you, can you sum it up for us?
1: I think, Kobe. I think you're... Um, well, first of all, I'd like to say I'm very happy to be here. Um, uh, to describe the Premier League as a, as a pastime would, um, would be a lie. Would be would be simply a lie. Um, the Premier League has become one of the loves of my life. And I am um, yeah. actively involved in it. I I breed it. I when my when my when my team Manchester United loses a match, it, it literally ruins my week, you know. And so yeah. Yeah. I um um yeah, I have nothing to say really. I am simply in love with the Premier League. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I I like the way you use boom, you know, because that that pretty much sums up this transfer window. It's been shocking. It's been absolutely shocking, you know. um. Uh, Look, uh, we we never thought we'd see you know Messi in um, a shirt other than Barcelona, Barcelona shirt, but here we are. You know that just goes to show you know never say never. That expression is very much alive, you know, and it's applicable in football as well in every facet of life. Um, but yeah, we are focusing on the Premier League, and so um, we'll, we'll delve right into that. Um, it's 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 been shocking as well, you know. Um, I I didn't think. Jagrish would leave Aston Villa, so I mean, a player of his caliber, yes, I mean, it was inevitable. He would have loved to play Champions League football at a point in time in his career, and um, nothing, nothing against Aston Villa, but I, I didn't see that happening anytime soon. Um, I didn't see them playing Champions League football anytime soon. They, they also need uh, to make some serious recruitments before that can happen. Um, they need to change the way they play. And um, and so um, from uh, from Aston Villa's standpoint, I think it was it was good for them because they were able to make some money. From Jagrille's standpoint, it was good for him as well because he, he finally realized his dream of being able to play Champions League football. Mm. But. Um, yeah, from uh, from um. Uh, do Do you also... think the
0: price? Do you think the price it was it was a bit overpriced? Do you think it was a bit like the price for him was too much? Do you think Jack Grealish is actually a hundred million pound player?
1: No disrespect to him, but I I do not I, I don't think so. I think it's a bit outrageous, and I think mm. um, I think the financial fair play going on a holiday actually also you know helped um also helped Manchester City here because. I think they 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 would have done some investigations as well, but mm. you know um after right when Jack Greelish made the move I think the 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 club chairman came um, to give an interview and he made some you know pretty interesting revealings. He spoke about how um, the summer before yeah there were several clubs who were interested in Jack Greelish and um, mm. he they actually, after after a meeting with Jack Grealish, his representatives, his representatives, representative, excuse me, and his family, yeah. they all decided to set his um his release clause at 100 million pounds because they didn't think any club would be willing to spend that type of money to acquire his services. But hey, um, what can't oil money do, you know? And uh, along came Manchester City, and they were able to make the purchases, and so. Um, I, mean, I, I think it would be interesting to point out that he also did say it was a, a pretty emotional, you know, meeting because, of course, Jack Grealish has, you know, spent his whole, you know, it's been his parent. Aston Villa has been his parent club for, for so many years. The club obviously holds a, a special place in his heart, and so it was a bit difficult for him to leave. But hey, um, the the prospect of joining Manchester City, joining the champions, playing Champions League football, of course. It proved too tempting for him, and um, it's some something he simply could not could not have turned down. And so, um, as to whether he was worth hundred million, no, 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 no disrespect to Jack at all. he's he's a phenomenal player, absolutely outstanding player. But um, I I, I think personally, I think hundred million is outrageous. But hey, such is the current climate, you know, such is the, the the market nowadays, you know. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I
0: agree with you. So um. Let me ask Briggs. Hello Briggs, are you there? Oh, I think we lost Briggs for a moment there. But let's continue. Let's continue. So what do you think? Yeah. What do you think because of the um the uh the the pursuit of Hurricane for 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 Manchester City, obviously they needed a striker. Mm-hmm. So um but they didn't get one in Harry Kane. They were behind Harry Kane, they were pursuing Harry Kane first for so long from you know before the transfer window started we were getting hints that Hurricane was going to go to Manchester City and everything mm-hmm. he, he publicly spoke about them and everything so what do you think or how do you think not getting Hurricane is going to affect Manchester City do you think it's going to affect them in a in a in a, in a, in a bad way it's going to affect them so much that they wouldn't be con- They wouldn't be contenders contenders sorry for uh, a league title or they can they can go by without Harry Kane and still challenge for the title. Because remember last year, they virtually played without a striker. But they still won the league at a counter. So how do you think it's going to... The Harry the, the Kane not coming to Manchester City, how do you think that's going to affect them?
1: I mean, I, I absolutely agree with you. Originally, you, you took the weight out of my mouth. I was going to say, if you take a look at last season, last season... um. Sergio Agüero was out for, for 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 quite you know quite for quite some time for a long time actually they didn't have a, a, a number 9 you know for a long time and um, no disrespect to Gabriel Jesus but he, he's not going to fill Sergio Agüero's shoes you know and um, i so to, to, to to answer your question I don't, I don't i don't think it's going to affect the uh, title chances in any way because if, if history is any indication they've done it before and they can do it again and besides they are such a well-oiled machine know, I mean look at what they did at Arsenal last weekend Ferran Torres played Ferran Torres is not a striker I mean yeah, it's coming you know that you know Ferran Torres yeah. is not a striker but and of course you can make whatever excuses you, you can make say Arsenal are not form, but they're Arsenal they, they still are a good team they've a team with potential they've got you know, good, talented forwards, you know, Bukayo Saka up front, you know, Obama Young, like I said, you know, when they, they, they can wreak some havoc up front, and so even with that, you know, and when you put that into context, into perspective, and you you, you consider the fact that City don't have a number nine, it's actually it's scary to think that they can actually score five goals without the striker, and so I I don't think it will affect their title chances in any way, or Obviously they are we know we know how relentless they are when they, they want to pursue a player, you know, they all out, they've got the resources, they've got an attractive squad, they've got a very intelligent manager, very, very successful manager. So who wouldn't want to play with them? And so um I think yes they they, they put all their their, their their eggs in that hurricane basket. They were looking for they were looking forward to signing him, they were expecting him to come. But hey, um, we don't know what exactly helping but like, at the end hurricane decided to stay in north london and um so yeah but I, I i i don't think they're going to rest at all next next season next summer they're going to go all out and um, oh, okay. obviously there's there's also talk about erling Haaland. that's that's i mean there's so much to talk about you know and, yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll see yeah. but yeah that's, that's that's the weather will affect the uh the title chances i, I don't think so they've got yeah. They've got so many talented players, you know. They can they can play up front, and um, I don't think it's going to hinder their advances in any way. Absolutely not.
0: Okay, all right, that's good. Briggs, are you back? Are you back on? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, George, was speaking about Manchester City and their their game against Arsenal last week. And on that on that note, I want to talk about Arsenal. Arsenal. I mean, imagine being an Arsenal fan this season I mean it's so abject like it's so it'll be so abjectly miserable you understand I I just can't think about how the Arsenal fans are going through, like every weekend losing matches and everything and you know surprisingly this season they spent the most out of all the Premier League clubs they brought in about five or six players that we can say are average players not necessarily um, world class (laughs) players but then it seems not to be working. What do you think is the problem there? Do you think the players, the recruitment was, was, wasn't necessarily what they needed? Because they brought in Ben White for fifty million. They brought in Lokonga. They brought in Tavares. They brought in Odegaard. They brought in Ramsdale, and then they brought in they brought in um, Tamayasu from Bologna. All these players, we can consider them as average players. But do you think? they can help Arsenal this season with what's happening? I mean, we've seen about 80% of these new players already. What do you think needs to change at Arsenal? Be it their recruitment policies and then the way they're
2: playing. What do you think needs to change? Arsenal's problem is not from the pitch. as from the team management or should I say the board. Because Mm -hmm. I don't think this has ever happened before for a team like Arsenal to lose its first three opening matches of the season. And the club or management hasn't taken any action so far. Mm. I don't think it's ever happened before. So the problem with us now is from the management. The owners are not really into the club. Um, The board, Edu, who is in charge of the transfers is also doing their own things because um, they have experienced players, let's say, Hector Bellerin who has played very very well and knows the ins and outs of the Premier League was allowed to go on loan to buy a new player from the Syria. That was the last signing. I don't think us now are ready to compete for the title honestly. They are just a middle class and their fans should not expect any silverware at Emirates until there is a serious um and management
0: yeah Uh, alright so on on that George uh, he said the fans shouldn't expect so much do you think it's the expectation that is killing the Arsenal fans right now because you know they believe Arsenal should be on top but then if you look at this Arsenal team they are at best an average team a, 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 a top 10 club in the Premier League do you think it's the hope. As somebody says, the hope that kills you. You think it's the hope from the Arsenal fans that Arsenal... Arsenal, I believe personally that Arsenal are performing at the level which they should be performing, which is a mid-table team. But then I think the fans think they need more, or the the, the team has to has to be better because of the history that Arsenal has. What do you think about that? Well, absolutely. I absolutely agree. You know, most definitely. Yeah, because I mean,
1: Arsenal are... Uh, they are a top fourteen. Arsenal are a successful club. Most of the fans are accustomed to success and so they expect nothing less than a top-three finish, a top-four finish. You know, most of their fans are from that Arsenal Wenger era, that Thierry Henry era, you know, where they were always on top, you know, where they, where they went unbeaten, you know, the invincible season. You know, um, even in, in, in recent seasons, when they after they moved to the Emirates, you know, they were they were still putting in some good performances. There were heated rivalries with with Man United, of course. You know, good matches with with Liverpool, with Manchester City. Talk about when when Alexis Sanchez went there. You know, these were there were intense matches, and Arsenal was a club that could compete. You know, they were even they were they were winning FA Cups. You know, they were making it to the Champions League every season, and so it's um it's it must be heartbreaking for the fans to to, to watch all of this unfold and I I do agree, it is high expectations, you know, when you've you've supported the club for so long and you're accustomed to seeing success obviously this will be um, difficult to digest it will be tough to swallow and see that you know, this is not the team I grew up watching, you know, This this is not the team I grew up celebrating, this is not the team that was wreaking havoc you know, this is not the team that was competing with the very best, you know I mean, yeah. when 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 was the last time Arsenal finished top four? You know, when was the last time they managed to qualify for the Champions League comfortably? You know, those days are yeah. long gone. You know, those days are long gone. And you know, so many people like to talk about how you know Arsene Wenger wasn't getting it right in his final days. I mean, it's coming back to bite you in the ass. You know, it's coming back to haunt you. You know, people just people also really like to criticize um, Unai Emery. Look what he was going to do. Look what he's doing right now with VRL, You know. They won the, the Europa League. That's good. I mean, of course, the, the Europa League will forever be the the the, the second-tier competition of Europe. We all, we all know that. But I still consider it a prestigious trophy because, hey, look at the caliber of teams that exit the, the Champions League at the group stage. You know, Top-top teams, you know. Top-top teams. Very competitive teams, you know. Yeah, very competitive United didn't last season. Please don't remind me, Kobe. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up, Kobe. Let's not go there. <laughs> Shut up, man. I, I still have no recovery. That is a very, you know, that's such a low blow that you go there. You know, I still have not recovered from my family. You know, it's so pretty. I think, oh, yeah, yeah, if I'm being honest, you know. So, yeah, look, look, look at how they criticised when I am and um, you know, said he didn't know what he was doing. He only really wanted wins. He only really wanted wins now. I mean, Arteta, Okay, people who like talk about it. say, oh, give him some time. Oh, he's young. Oh, he's trying to build something. But he's trying to build something. The man isn't winning anything, you know. And you're getting your heart broken every weekend, you know. And credit to, to so credit to Guna Emery, you know, he's he's really taken it like a professional. He's never he's never gone to Bob mouth Arsenal or the board. He's he's only said in interviews that, oh, hey, I tried my best, you know. If it wasn't meant to be, then it wasn't meant to be, you know. If the ball think I wasn't the best then. Hey, so be it. You know, I'm back home in, in my, my home of Spain. I'm happy here. I'm embarking on this project with the bee Area, and I'm happy, you know. And so I absolutely agree with you. To answer your question, yes, yes, it is expectations. And um, I mean, they say that, that no one wants to hear the truth. And I absolutely agree with Briggs over here. Arsenal fans shouldn't be expecting anything anytime soon. And I I think it's also a little bit harsh, I disagree with you slightly when you say they should, they should, they should expect these type of performances. Because let's face it, like the players may not be world class, but they they are decent and they are you know a talented pitch. You know, come and look at Mbappé, look at Bukayo you know, look at someone like Martinelli who's technically gifted. They they can make stuff happen. They can make stuff happen. And I mean, I honestly don't know what to tell you because it's not my club. I don't feel them, but something, something is clearly wrong, you know. And yeah. you can't say he's Arteta's lost the dressing room as well, you know, because he does seem like a nice guy, you know. And he's, he's, he doesn't throw the players under the bus or anything. He's always encouraging them. He's
0: always, you know, speaking positively. They, they will, they will come see... back, you know. So, sorry to inter- interrupt. But I, worry, man. It, it, it seems as though he's been. Let me. Let me. I, let me. Let me direct this question to you, Briggs. It seems as though he's been banning more players than actually yes. playing the players because he's in in the past how 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 long has he been there? Like a year and a half? He's banned so many players, he's banned Obama Young from um from from coming to training for playing in the match because he was late. That 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 was warranted from Obama Young's point of view. But then he's oh. he's 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 outed some players like um Gwendouzi, who the
2: fans like. late mouse was late the, Lance, yeah, was the recent player to be yeah, yeah.
0: So do you think so do you now, think yeah. do, as George saying, say, he seems like a nice guy, but do you think the players are behind him? Because I feel like there's this there's this I don't know there's this slight and undertone from everything that happens. That the players are sometimes not entirely on his side. Maybe not his, maybe the Arsenal board and everything.
2: But do you yes. think he still has the dressing room? Arteta, honestly, yeah. not the man for Arsenal. <laughs> when <do> you... oh, <laughs> <the> if you quite remember, right after the game against Manchester City, Pep Guardiola was asked if what he thinks about Arteta and his team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pep responded saying that he has no doubts Ateta will turn things around at Arsenal. I don't know whether that was he was trying to like make something like that, but <laughs> this is not something I want to hear from a top class <laughs> like Pep. Ateta is making Arsenal a middle class team now. If you consider, Oligana's social side had a busy transfer window, adding superstars like Sancho, Rafael Cristiano Ronaldo. Not forgetting their West London rivals added Lukaku and um and Manchester City with no addition, just Jack really trashed them five zero. Imagine if they had a top-class striker like Harry Kane. Yeah. So, I think yeah. Ateta has lost every bit of trust in the fans and I don't know what the board is waiting for, but maybe against Norwich, even if he wins or loses, I mean, he's supposed to go. Atleta is not the man for Arsenal.
0: That's interesting because I, I was talking with someone earlier and I was, I was I was, saying, now the Norwich game, the Arsenal-Norwich game is actually a, a crack. It's going to be a cracker because yes. it's the 2018 <laughs> versus the 19th <19 laughs> team. Really. It's such a big game for both teams. So interesting that it happens, but let's see what happens. Let's let's move on. As you say, George, um, let's go to Manchester United. We I know you're very much interested in this. And uh listeners, let me just tell you something. I'm sure George didn't sleep the night that Cristiano Ronaldo was announced as a Manchester United player. I'm sure he did the, the series around all night he, uh, he without outside jumping and, and doing that celebration. Um the team has brought in um three players. I feel like three players that were okay. Let's say two players that were much needed positions. They were brought to come and fill in much needed positions. That's um, Rafael Varane to come and defend, uh, to come and join Harry Maguire in the defense, and and, and then and then, and then uh, who's that? <laughs> I think Vick's mom has just come into his room to come and ask him a few questions. But then anyway, back to George. Yeah. Um <laughs> Rafael Varan came into the club, Jaden Sancho came in to um to fill the 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 right wing and then Cristiano Ronaldo and I know we want to we would close we we'll wouldn't finish speaking about Cristiano Ronaldo if we were to start today. So let me just ask an alternate question. Um with Mason Greenwood, this season he has started so well, scored three goals in, in mm-hmm. the first three games, um and obviously tip to be superstar for the Manchester United team in the future. Do you think the signing of Cristiano Ronaldo hampers his development as a player? Because there's so many players in that Manchester United attacking team right now. There's there's Marcus Rashford when he comes back from injury. There's um, Cavani, see Cavani. He's a very good striker. There's Jadon Sancho. There's obviously Anthony Martial. And then there's Mason Greenwood. Do you think the signing of Ronaldo is going to hamper Mason, Greenwood, Mason Greenwood's um, development as a Manchester United player?
1: Um, if if if, if I be honest, when I when I when I did first hear about uh, about the Ronaldo rumors, you know, it was it was one of my biggest fears because I mean, you hit the new right on the head. Mason Greenwood is 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 a superstar. He's he's an absolute gem. He's um. Oleganosocial has described him as the best finisher in the club, and I, I I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more with him. He's um he's just sensational, and for someone to have that good composure, you know, when confidence up, front, you know, just like to, to shoot, shoot. You know, from long, it's absolutely incredible, and it's he's such a joy to watch. Um, when I when I when I look at Mason Rewood style, I wouldn't say it would hinder his development because um, Sosa was asked where he'd like, where, he'd like, um, where he sees Christian for to play, and he said he sees him in the books, he sees him as a nine, he sees him as a center forward, he sees him in goal headings, um, and all of that, and um, I think what I like most about Greenwood is he's um, he's 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 a versatile forward. He goes he doesn't always and he won't only and he can't only play as a nine or as a striker. He's we've yeah. seen and we've seen him thrive on the wings as well, on the flanks as well. Yeah. You know, I mean his pace helps and you know he's um, he's got flair, you know, and his structure. You know, he can defend. Him. So I don't think. Matters, you know. What my concern is, I mean, because Cristiano Ronaldo is not going on the bench, you know, and these yeah. Yeah. names, you know, and I mean, we've seen matches in the past where Cristiano Ronaldo gets when he's sub, you know, he wants to play ninety yeah. minutes, and so, and I, I, I don't see um, people speak Ronaldo's professionalism and all of that, but hey, I mean, the man at the end of the day, he be bought down. You don't want to play, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't think, I don't, I don't, I don't, and I'm sure being those things, those things we as fans don't really see, but usually the end call, you know, the player playing 90 minutes and all of that, and yeah. I think he would want to play. And um, I don't, I don't, I don't see Ole subbing Ronaldo off for Greenwood, you know, unless maybe a cup game, you know, maybe we have a Champions League game on Wednesday, yeah. you know, he wants to rush Ronaldo quickly or only Ronaldo. It comes plays that comes to play the rest of the game or something like that so yeah maybe in those rare cases but um my, my, my main issue is game time you know, game time where whether you know um, Mason would, would get would still be able to play that many matches you know so many people that talk about him learning so much off and you know his movement in the box you know um how to shoot you know how to bend the ball whatever I think Mason, he's, he's, he's already brought all of that, you know, from a technical standpoint. I think he's one of the, you know, the most gifted people in the squad. And so, as far as hindering his development, I, I, it's, it's, you have to look at it both ways. Yes and no, you know, but I, I refuse to be pessimistic. I, I just want to believe that Cristiano coming back, Cristiano returning home would only, um you know, to answer yeah. I think there's there's a possibility, you know, but hopefully not, you know, but um with the development. Um I'm i, I might, but um maybe you will and um, also no, because yeah there are so many things you can
0: learn from them as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was just what thinking about What do you think about that? I was just thinking about that, but then in, in a in a way I, I feel like uh, he's he's got someone to learn from. You see, and, and I think that's 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 quite important for him right now. He's got someone to learn from. him. Yeah, yeah I I like I like
1: so sorry sorry so, sorry to cut you short. This whole mm-hmm. There's a question, um, a, an interesting question, an interesting point. You know, some.
0: Mm-hmm. Hello, George. Uh, I think we lost it's George. Can you hear me? Yeah. You can
1: hear me? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. I, I just wanted your perspective on a, a point. some um some members of the, the Premier League, you know, discussion panel made once. And, and I think I, I, I found it interesting. You know, they said Ronaldo's arrival, the spotlight of people like Oba and um, Jaden Sancho. And it will help them work easily. What do you think about that? Mm, can, can I dive that question to Briggs? Yeah, and well, people, people, there was another another, another perspective that said
0: Poba would really like that because he likes to be the star boy
2: of the team. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about that, Briggs? Paul Poba. Paul mm-hmm. When he was signed for Manchester United, he was, I mean, struggling a little bit and then. Rumors were saying that if they sign a uh, defensive midfielder sure like Nemanja Matic, he's going to be unlocked. Are you guys there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: George, can you hear? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. So, with Paul Poba, almost like three or four players have signed for Manchester United just to unlock him. So, I don't think the signing of Cristiano Ronaldo help him in any way, but it is going to help attacking players like Mason Greenwood and Bruno Fernandes because they are going to have open spaces. And you know with the caliber of player Cristiano Ronaldo is, he's going to be the target man, so every eye is going to be on him. So it's going to free spaces for the attackers to capitalize on an advantage and threats like Cristiano Ronaldo in your team. Yeah. And let's mm-hmm. not also forget that Mason Greenwood has been nominated for the Player of the Month for August. So I think mm-hmm. I am tipping mm-hmm. him the win.
0: Yeah, yeah, he, did, he deserves the nomination.
2: I, I yeah. think he's been
0: great in August. Yeah. yeah, He
2: so- netted his opening day winner for Leeds against Leeds, sorry, and also grabbing a vital equaliser in an away draw with. Um, Southampton and scoring the only goal in last weekend's win against Wolves. Mm-hmm. So, what's, what's more can you expect from a 19 year old? Think,
0: I think <laughs> if, if he continues with these performances,
2: Ole is going to be forced to play him to make space for him in that
0: team. Yeah, I and mean,
2: he it is also going to be a big blow for Jordan Sancho. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. I feel like he hasn't. Maybe he's just taking some time to adapt to the league yet. He he hasn't exactly. really, yeah, really, really sparked on and everything. But let's see how that goes for so Manchester United. So let's move on um, now to um, Chelsea, the European champions. They brought in just two players, Saudi gears and then Romelu Lukaku um, to the team. And a lot of people, a lot of pundits, a lot of pundits were were tipping yeah. them as contenders before. They brought in these players. Um, let me ask you, Briggs. How how do you think these two players are going to Im- impact the team? Um, because people are saying they are a more rounded team now. They are more complete. Do you, do you think they'll be up there for the for the for the league title right, to this season?
2: Yes, yes. It's been mm. a very long while since Chelsea competed for. Oh, I mean. It's always been top four, top four, top four. But this time, I think the fans and the board and the players themselves feel like it is a chance for them to get their hands on that trophy because it's been a long time coming. And so um, starting this season as Champions League winners, which also introduced the players and the team in a more competitive way, beating Manchester City twice last season, is not for everyone. So I think... Mm-hmm. the players actually feel themselves that this season we are ready and we are equipped to touch the title. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The impact Jordan, of do... the... Okay, has also had on the yeah. team is it's been brilliant. His first game against his first game was a London derby, which I mean not all players could start how he started. He bagged a goal and almost grabbed an assist, did he? I don't know, yeah. but he almost grabbed an assist mm-hmm. and I think yeah. He's going to be very instrumental in this season coming, so we are all excited just to see what he can bring to the team, and also tipping Chelsea to win the Premier League. But hey, let's watch out for Manchester. United. They are going to be really exciting and dangerous this season too. So we can't wait. We can't wait for the Dodgers. Yes, I, I, so, I do.
1: I, I do have a question about Chelsea. I,
2: mean, yeah. um, I think the
1: very. I mean, as a, as a, as a, as a. Aside being a Manchester United fan, of course you all do you know I'm a general Premier League. I love the Premier League, and um, there are pretty fascinating, interesting things you know ensuing in West London, in the blue side of West London. Do not take this the wrong way. I I don't don't get it twisted. I I still hate you guys with a passion. You know, but <laughs> yes. But I, I do. I just. I, I just find it interesting, you know. So so many people talk about Chelsea. So much has happened in your club you know, over the past mm-hmm. two years, you know. So many people talk about um, Thomas Tuchel coming in, you know, Frank Lampard, and I had this discussion with a, a, a brother of mine, like a family member of mine, um, today, a few hours ago, actually. Like I've heard so much about Frank Lampard's tenure, you know, and what went what went wrong he was doing and wasn't getting it right. I've heard stuff about Tommy Abraham. I've heard stuff about Mason Mount. He was playing him too much. But have you guys looked at it from this perspective once? Like, people talk about how Tuchel came in. He had the same he had the, the same players and everything. All right. But don't you think Lampard deserves a little bit of credit because he, number one, he, he he made those he made those recruitments, you know, And um, he he We speak about Mason Mount, Mason Mount, but Tuchel plays Mason Mount as well, you know. And if if Lampard wasn't playing Mason Mount as much, you know, Tuchel wouldn't have seen him to be the player he is, you know, to keep giving him these opportunities. And so I know my my question kind of seems long and everything, but I guess what I'm really trying to ask with Frank Lampard and what did you see changing went on with Thomas Tuchel's arrival and what, what could Lampard have done differently? Just a little bit. I mean, obviously things were
0: going wrong, but I mean he was trying, and you know, considering his inexperience and everything. Yeah, Briggs. I I I'm going to direct this question to Briggs again. Now, nah, because... cover you first. Go you first. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So, um, basically, I think he he deserves some credits for bringing in these players because last last season we had a tremendous window. To be very honest, I mean bringing in Hakim Ziyech, Timo Werner. Kai it. I mean that was a sensational window. Um so he gets he gets props for that. That's that's no doubt about it. The problem I had with Frank Lampard I, I didn't want to I didn't want to review my allegiances in this show but then well, let me let me do that. Um the problem I had with Frank Lampard himself was that he was there were so many things that were not going wrong that were going wrong with the team and he it was obvious I mean, Mason Mount was playing every game, and Mason Mount is a brilliant player. Like he's justified to be in the team, but then you don't try and put Mason Mount in positions where Mason, where there are the better players suited for that position. For example, um, last season, I think a game against was it last season or two seasons ago? I don't really remember. But there was, there was a game against Aston Villa, where I think uh, wingers were our wingers were on the bench, namely Christian Pulisic. He was on the bench, but then Rampard played Mason Mount on the wings. And sometimes you think about it because Mason Mount is not a winger. He's more of a specified like number 10, cut, cut, coming in and playing the number 10 position. But then Mason Mount was playing on the wings when Christian Pulisic was, was, was there. And when Christian Pulisic came, the game wasn't going well for us, but when Christian Pulisic came on, he changed the game dramatically. So I wouldn't talk about favouritism because Mason Mount is playing and he's been playing under Tuchel. When he goes to England, he plays under Garrett Southgate and everything. But there was... There were these... I mean, the man deserves credit because he brought in these players. But then it, was, it wasn't it was just working because with that investment coming in, there was supposed to be way, way... It was supposed to be like... The way we are playing was supposed to be way, way better, but then we're not playing that way. So... I mean, he negated all the things that he was doing. Of course, he deserves credit, but you know, with Chelsea, if the results are not coming, we are not going to ask it's you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, It's a results business. We're not going to. We're not going to say, "Oh, let's clap for him because he's he's done well recruiting the players." Uh, as you know, your man Abramovich is gonna is gonna act, and he and, and, honest, <laughs> and he, he, he did act, and that, that 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 was that was good for the team because. In turn, it brought about the Champions League, which wasn't an expectation for the Chelsea. Even if you asked me as a Chelsea fan if we were going to win the Champions League last season, I would have told you no. So, I mean, yeah. that was the out Thomas Tuchel brought to the team. So, yeah, I think he deserves a bit of credit, but then I, I, I don't want to be sentimental because I loved him as a player. He was probably my the best player that I liked when I was growing up. But as a coach, I don't think he actually did so well for, for the club. I want to ask Biggs this too because he he's he's, he's such a brilliant Frank Lampard supporter.
2: <laughs> I am,
0: if I were
2: to. I am not. When yeah, what do you think? Yeah. was appointed the Chelsea manager, I even forgot he played for Chelsea because <laughs> <laughs> he was he was really on top of my red list. I hated him for. Reason why is because. He didn't have any game plan for Chelsea, and like all the players and the staff were confused by his tactics that he was um, providing for the team. As you mentioned earlier, Kobe Mount played. Um, he, Mount started like ten matches in a row. While wow, you know you have many options on the bench. you had Hakim Ziyech, you had Timo Werner, you had. Ruben loved to speak at that time, but Macy Mount was just like um for Frank Lampard, which the fans didn't like. And he, Marcos Alonso, and Antonio really got out of the team for no tangible reason. I don't know why he, if he wanted this place. So, come to think of it, these are the players that are supporting and playing very well for Chelsea right now. So I think Frank Lampard destroyed the team so much, but. Thank God we have Thomas Tuchel now. He's (laughs) turning things around in Africa. He has done well with the transfers, but his team talks and tactics was not good for us.
0: Yeah. All right. So, um, now, I want to talk about Liverpool, but then there's really nothing to talk about because Mm -hmm. they didn't bring anybody in um, this season. (laughs) Um, And then I just want us to touch briefly on um, the whole... Uh, I mean, it's been it's been uh, uh, horrible this transfer window for them. I don't think they've had a very good window. Uh, it Ooh. looks as if there's so much conf- Barcelona, 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 Barcelona. Yeah, yeah. Looks as if there's so much confusion in the team. Um, over paid players. The wage salary cap was over the top, and then they lost Messi, and then they lost Griezmann. Basically, right now it consists of Usman De Dele, who's in the. Who's in the hospital every other day? I mean, they bought him to go to. I think they bought him to go and stay in the hospital or something because <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's, he's always almost there, always there. Um, um, Sergio Aguero, Memphis Depay, who Memphis Depay who was who was actually done well in in the beginning for the team, and then Ansu Fati. What do what do you think they lost? They lost, they lost. They lost Lionel Messi who is arguably one of the best players of all time that we've ever witnessed and then they lost Antoine Griezmann which was very surprising for me because you know I wasn't expecting him to go in even if he was going to go anywhere not past Atletico Madrid but then they sent him on load after buying him for about 120 million pounds what's what's going on what's going on there what do you think is going on there George? I mean Barcelona, it's 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 um it's an absolute train wreck,
1: you know, it's absolutely embarrassing what's happening there really mm-hmm. because I mean we're talking about one of the most, you know. Um Barcelona once upon a time was simply you uh, know twenty eleven. And it's just it's just a shame really. I think all of these problems if, if I'm being honest, I, I don't know where they started. I, have, I haven't followed Barca that you know much. Okay. You know, yeah. to know where, where exactly and how all of these you know where these problems originated from. Mm-hmm. I mean when 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 it reaches that point that you have to let your star players I mean, it just that's simply indicative of you know yeah. like impending disaster. Yeah. You know, a lot of people like to say he's fat and he's old and all of right now, but he's I don't know, I don't care who you are. Let's face it, Luis Suarez is still a lethal striker. <laughs> a friendship he had with you Messi, you know, it, it 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 shouldn't it shouldn't have. I I have a feeling that played a part in you know Messi wanting to leave you know because mm. they had such good chemistry up front, you know, and everything, and to sell him. Atletico, you know, who are you know a, a very good team, you know who are title challenges, you know it's just, I mean it just it simply shouldn't have been. I mean it just it just speaks volumes. It shows how poorly the club is being run now, and yeah. And the sooner they change the leadership up, you know, I mean the better for them because the grace alone. I mean yeah. I couldn't believe it, you know I couldn't believe <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, things have just gone into a tailspin for real and it's just embarrassing really because they do want to offload players but the players they want to offload, you know, have problems, you know, either, uh, you know, on serious, you know, exorbitant salaries that other clubs aren't willing to pay or they have injuries, like you said, you know, they can't sell them really because he's injury prone, they can't sell mm-hmm. this man because he's taking, what, two or three Excuse me. Yeah. So I mean it's just yeah. you know. But the other you know, stuff can turn around,
0: you So yeah. Yeah, okay, that's great. I, I can hear some memories behind uh, on Briggs feed. I, I yeah. know who he's talking to, but I guess I guess we wouldn't talk we wouldn't say that on air. <laughs> but please if you're here with us, can, can we can you please concentrate on so <laughs> we finish this up? Um, I am I am I'm, I'm
2: here. I am hundred percent
0: on the uncle spot please. We 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 thank God we you're here. So um... I, I like to say I don't I don't think Barcelona win the league. Do you think do you, you think they can win the league? I don't think Barcelona, I I, I I I honestly think... do you know I think Atletico Madrid in a better position, especially with Griezmann back right now. Exactly, and I yeah. Think... Also, what do you think of?
1: You know, we we, we, we let talk about strikers in the world, and you know, world, world class strikers. You know. There not being a variety of world class world class strikers nowadays mm. you know, in the game, you know we people often overlook Karim Benzema. What do you make of him? I think he's very good, you know, as a poacher. For me, he's a complete number nine, you know. Yeah, he, he, he is. People he is. people rarely talk about him. when we talk about strikers nowadays. We talk about Lewandowski you or you know, obviously Messi and Ronaldo mm. and um, Harry Kane, you know, and um, Jamie Vardy, of course, yeah, and all of that. But people Benzema, I think he's. He's, he's you know, developed into an amazing, you know, very formidable striker. What do you think of him? And do you think he can help lead Madrid to the, the, the title this season?
2: Griggs, mm-hmm. would you Karin, answer that? Yeah. Karim Benzema, Benzema has proved to the world that um, he was playing under Cristiano Ronaldo's shadows. If we could all say, when Cristiano Ronaldo was at um, Real Madrid, every glory, every goal, everything was just um, centered around Cristiano Ronaldo. And yeah. when he left, Benzema filled that boot and he has really proved to the fans and to the world that he was playing under Cristiano Ronaldo's shadows. And as George said, he's up there among the top class world strikers in the world mm. and he's done exceptionally well for um, Real Madrid. Last season, he almost took them to the final, but was stopped by the young Blue Boys in West London. <laughs> so, he's, going,
0: he's going to take every opportunity yeah. to put that in the fridge. Yeah. Of
2: oh, yeah. I actually believe in Karim Benzema, but I think he will be more deadly if he plays with Kylian Mbappe. So yeah, mm. we, we are just waiting to see what will happen. Yes, that, that, that that's another thing, the, thing. Another thing I hope we speak about. If Mbappe yeah. is going to move to. Real Madrid next season, because in an interview with um, the France national team, he said that somewhere, somehow, Kylian Mbappe is going to play for Real Madrid. Not this window, but somewhere, somehow. That means that it is definitely going to happen. And if those two play at Real Madrid, it is going to be deadly for the La Liga opponents. So, I mean... Let's give Benzema a thumbs up. He has done very well for Real Madrid and he's still doing it. So,
1: Yeah. George, let me... I, I, mean, I, I, you made and, I mean, it yeah. obviously brings a new topic to the table. Um, yeah. Killing Mbappe, Killing Real Madrid and everything. Um, am, I, am I the only one who thinks it was so stupid on PSG's part to not let him go? Because I don't know if we're all aware of the situation. We do know Kylian Mbappe is worth, what, 200-something million. That's what mm. PSG paid Monaco him for, and, and all of that. Mm. Real Madrid came and said, okay, we want him for 180-something worth. PSG said,
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: January, the man is going to leave on a free. Why are you so stupid? Why would you 180-something? That is... You are falling into a gold mine. Fine, it may no, be but... his exact transfer fee, but you're still getting so much money. Why would you rather let him go on a free next week? Next January, next <laughs> January, than done accept that Madrid was Madrid was willing to pay that money. Madrid had know, George, in their pocket, they need for... to pay the hundred and something million for killing for... Psg okay. said no. Why do you think they did that? You know, four, I was speaking four. to a, 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 another family member of mine. He said yeah. they think they can convince him to stay, sign another contract, and everything. But we all know Kylian Mbappe is a Ronaldo fanboy. He wants to follow in his footsteps. He wants to go to Real Madrid, prove himself, and everything. He doesn't want to stay in France. He wants, you know, more competitive, you know, matches. You know, he he wants he wants a challenge and everything, and so. Why Why do you think, don't you think it was stupid, very stupid on PSG's part to you accept know, the hundred and something million from, from Real Madrid and agree to let you live on a free next January? I mean, because...